Welcome to the Career Creator Podcast, where we highlight the stories of everyday women moving through fear to make changes in their life and career. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Rachel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Career Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Garcia. And today we have a very special guest, Laura Craddock. How are you, Laura? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, I'm excited to hear more about your career transitions in your story. So I'd like to start out with a question I ask all of our guests. What did you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> when you were a kid, <laughs> what did that look like? <laughs> I'm sure everybody has lots of answers to that question. I mean, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And then I learned I couldn't sew and I was terrible at it. And then I didn't really know until I went to college and I knew I liked English more than math. So I just kind of figured it out during college that I wanted something to do with people and reading or writing. So I ended up being a journalism major with an emphasis in PR because my school did not have a PR degree. But I looked at lots of things in business and marketing and advertising and just finally landed on that degree. So you ended up majoring in journalism with a PR emphasis. When you were thinking about what that would look like in terms of your first role, what were your plans? Well, at the time I had done an internship with a PR firm, so I kind of thought I might go that route. But again, kind of through experience, my senior year of college, you really learn about careers when you start looking at jobs that are out there and applying and interviewing for jobs that are out there. And sometimes you'll see jobs that you didn't even know existed, which is really what happened to me in my case. My first job out of school was to be a college recruiter for a high-tech company. And, you know, if you had told me that, you know, even in the middle of my senior year, I would have had no idea. But it was just a process of looking at the different jobs that were out there, looking at different sectors and industries. And at the time, it was back in 1998. And so the World Wide Web was exploding and thought high tech was just a really cool industry to be in. And this one job just kind of fell in my lap and it was perfect for me. So I did that just for a year. And then I got burnt out because it was a seven day a week job. And oh wow, I was kind of ready for something else after a year. A lot of those companies that hire college kids kind of do the same, you know, it's kind of a churn and burn. And at that time, one of the people that worked at my company, which again, a lot of getting a job or finding a new career is also about networking and using the contacts that you have. So one of my contacts from my company said he was on the board of a company in Hawaii and that they were looking for college recruiters there. And what I wanted to move to Hawaii and do college recruiting over there. So I said, Hawaii sounds great. They did a phone interview. I didn't even go over there, but I was like, how bad can Hawaii be? If I don't like it, I'll move home. So I just got the job and I moved over to Hawaii with this college recruiting job. So my first week on the job was the dot-com market crash of oh, no. you know 2000. Yeah. And they said, well, your first order on the job is to call all the people that we have 
offers out and tell them not to come, that we don't have any money. And P.S., what else can you do? Because we obviously don't need a recruiter. (laughs) And so at that time, I pivoted back to what I just said I enjoyed doing. And I said, well, you know, my degree is in PR and I really enjoy marketing. So why don't I just try marketing your company? And it was a high tech company. It was a dot com. It was kind of like a VRBO for Hawaiian homes, which didn't really exist at the time. And so that was kind of the second time I pivoted my career. So I did marketing for them. And then I was over there for about a year until, you know, 9-11 hit. And I started to decide that I wanted to go back home to Texas and be on the mainland. Yeah. So at that time, I headed back home and I was like, okay, now I need to figure out what I want to do in my career. Now I had time on my side and I decided that I would try out a few different things. And one thing was that I decided I wanted to work at like a true startup where I didn't get paid anything. Oh, wow. (laughs) Just kind of your volunteer work on jobs. This was the case of it was another high tech company with some military guys and they wanted to do internet security. And so we were trying to market this internet security company with military people, but it went awry. (laughs) After about six months, I was like, clearly this is not going to work out. So uh, you went from recruiting to marketing slash PR to internet security. Correct. (laughs) A lot of different shifts. And I believe at the time when you were recruiting, didn't you help people with career transitions on the side as well? Yes. So when I was in Hawaii, there was a recession going on. So there was another large company that had laid off, you know, quite a few hundred people. Mm -hmm. And so the guy at my company was in HR was also consulting over there. And he said, why don't you consult with me and we can help these people transition into new jobs. So while I was still in Hawaii in the evenings, you know, every Wednesday night, we would meet with these people We would give them resume building tips, networking. We would say, use your network, use your contacts, and kind of help them find the next direction. We did tell people, you know, don't be discouraged if you don't immediately find a job. The average amount of time then was about three months to find a job. But I think if you are, you know, searching for like a totally new career, it can be six months to a year and that's okay. And not to get frustrated by the process because you want to find what you love and the right job for you. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because there's also all these external factors at play when you're job searching. So even if you're a great candidate, if the market's not doing well, then it could just be hard for you to find a job at that time. It has nothing to do with your skills. So I'm curious when you started this internet security company, What made you interested in that field? Because it's so different. I know recruiting and the tech, that's what was happening at the time. And then you had this PR background, which is why you switched into that. But what made you interested in internet security? Well, it's interesting. That's why I say don't discount failures and your networking because 
at that particular time, I had moved back to my home, which was in San Antonio, Texas. So again, it was networking. It was a friend of mine and he knew these people and he said, oh, this is a great job. We should try to do this, you know, internet security company because a lot of people were trying to do startups at the time and a lot of people were getting funding for them. So I just thought, okay, this sounds good to get in on a really ground floor of something. But meanwhile, too, he was also kind of trying that company. And then he was also like, I'm going to try my own consulting company. And then at one point during that phase, I was like, oh, I might do a gift basket company. Oh, nice. so I kind of had three things going on at the time. Yeah. And long story short, those failures, which was in internet security, I think I tried doing that for like three to six months with them. It actually put me on a path of internet security. And then I was actually still, you know, looking on the web, looking for jobs. And there was a posting to do marketing for an internet security company in Austin called Tipping Point. So I interviewed for it and got this amazing job offer, which, you know, totally doubled my salary from what it had been in Hawaii. So all those experiences and all those failures kind of took me to a better place. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you ended up better off than maybe if you had just stayed on a traditional path and hadn't taken some of those risks. For sure. For sure. And so when you got to Tipping Point, tell me a little bit more about your role there and what that looked like at that point in your career. Yes. So when I got to Tipping Point, they were maybe about a hundred people at their startup company. And it was all males because it was in high tech. And there was only a couple of females in HR or maybe as the executive assistants. And then on my team, it was another woman that was doing the marketing and events. And so I was hired to do just PR, which was just the media relations. They had a big PR firm that they were working with. And as soon as I got there, they were like, well, we don't really need them anymore. Let's just have you do all of it. So that was really kind of new and scary for me because I really had never done PR for a fairly large 100-person organization and for a startup. But I had the media list from the PR people before me, and they'd kind of made some inroads into some of the journalist contacts. So I just kind of used that and went from there. I leaned on my writing skills from college, from my journalism classes to write press releases and my knowledge from working with the internet security company before and did that for a long time. So I was there, I think six years total. So through that, the company Tipping Point got acquired by 3Com and then got acquired again by Hewlett Packard. So it was a very, very large organization by the time I left. And during that time, you know, I was in my 20s. So at 28, I got married. And then at 30, I had my first child. (laughs) So all of these changes in my own personal life happened while I was there. And I created, after I had my first child, I created my own position there. And I just said, look, I really want to be home with my child. I just want to be part-time. Would you let me work from home? Would you let me work part-time? 
And at the time that was back in 2007 and it really wasn't done high tech companies. It was all men and they were like, what? But I was doing a great job. So they let me do that. Obviously that's much more prevalent. Many more people are working from home today. It would be no problem. But so I did that and I worked from home for a year during my son's first year of life. And then at that point, because it was an all male company and because I was the only one in a company of, we probably had about 400 people. I mean, Hewlett Packard was a huge company, but just in the Austin office, I just felt like, okay, they're really thinking I'm just slacking off at home when in reality I'm working from home, but I'm working double to prove to myself, like I'm working full time to prove to them that I'm still here and I'm still relevant. And so I just decided at that time, like, this isn't really working with where I am in life and with the family and with what my personal goals are. I really wanted to stay home with my son. And so at that time I quit just to be a full-time mom. And then I was a full-time mother for eight years. And when you made that transition, so I know, you know, it sounds like the workplace is very different from what it, where it's at today. Not that, you know, there's still lots of room for improvement today, but it sounds like, you know, working from home wasn't common. There wasn't as much support for mothers and different kind of flexible arrangements. And you decided to take a break, exit. When you, I know you eventually did, you know, start working again. So what was that transition like when you first, you know, decided that wasn't working? They were, you know, you had to work way more hours than was expected. It wasn't the best environment for you. How did you, yeah. How'd you feel during that transition process? Yes. Well, transitioning to full-time motherhood is hard for anybody. Cause you're like, Oh, who am I? What's my self-worth? You know, I think all moms face that. Should I be working? Should I be staying home? You know, you have mom guilt no matter which boat you're in and guilt on both sides. But I really enjoyed being home. It was wonderful. And I had two kids. So I really transitioned once my kids went back to school, once my youngest one was in first grade. And I just thought, oh, I have all this time now. I want to start volunteering. For me, I had always stayed involved with charities and volunteering. And I think when my daughter was in kindergarten, I volunteered as the PR chair for six charity galas in one year. And it was a lot of work. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I just did six charity galas. I really should just get paid for this. As fun as it was. Yeah. Those those contacts that I made doing the charity galas were all of my local Austin lifestyle publication editors. So I made all these great contacts. So I really didn't have, have a big plan to go back into the workforce. I just thought, oh, it'd be nice to be paid for this. And basically what happened was I was at this really, really cute new nail salon in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this place is so cute. It needs to be in the lifestyle magazines. And the woman that was there was the owner. She just happened to be a neighbor of mine. I met her and I said, I would love to do your PR and launch this space. I know all the editors because I knew them from launching all these charity events. And I said, I'll do your 
lunch. And she was like, great. So that was my first paying client. Now, albeit it was not much at all, but (laughs) it was something. (laughs) It was something. And after I did hers, I was like, this is great. And honestly, the power of social media is amazing because I posted the launch to social media and she referred me. And then a lot of people saw that I was, you know, kind of doing PR. And so like almost immediately I had two or three other clients that were also lifestyle, mostly women owned businesses that said, Oh, Hey, would you help me with PR? I saw all the PR and articles that Lacquer got because you were posting those. And I said, yes, I'd love to. So one client turned into five clients, then those referrals and more posts turned into more and more. I think I had maybe 20 clients my first year and they were all, I had the numbers, but I wasn't charging very much at the time. Mm, So now I'm doing this. I'm on my seventh year and I've learned how to, you know, take fewer clients, charge a little more, you know, it was just a trial, trial and error. And it's been really great. I, this time I chose to work mostly all with women who were just kind of more supportive, which is what I wasn't getting from the high-tech male environment. It's like these women all understand working from home, working around your kid's schedule, and it's been great. Yeah. And that's the beauty of having your own business. You know, you get to decide who you want to work with and what that looks like. And it sounds like it started out as, oh, you know, this opportunity that came to you. And then you got to the point where you had to turn away clients because you were at a point where you just had too much going on. You needed to raise your prices. So now I remember when we talked, you said that you found some great balance. Now you're able to get your work done at a good time. So when the kids get home from school, you're done working. How does it feel now that you're at this place where you've had this business for seven years and you're starting to have some of that balance and uh, you've been able to really create the career experience that you want? It has been amazing. I mean, I really, I think as women, we're always looking for balance. We're always a little more to the right or the little left. You know, it's, it's an ongoing battle, but I just feel like right now it's perfect. It was really heavy when my kids were younger and in school full time. And I kind of wanted that. And now my kids are on their way out the door. So I'm like, both my kids are in high school and I'm very kind of hyper aware that all of this time with them counts. So I just want the next few years kind of to be focused on them. So I just keep it to just the hours that they're in school. And I don't have those evening clients like I used to have. And then I think when they graduate from high school, then I can go back to doing more of those nighttime and weekend events and things like that. But it's really, that's the beauty of being able to take on the clients that you want or turn down the clients that you don't have time for. And it's just been really great. I run my business out of home Mm -hmm. and so many people do that now. I think, especially with COVID, the culture has just kind of turned into everybody working from home. But before, when I started this before COVID, everybody worked in an office and I just thought, I'm so lucky to be able to do this from home and do it in the hours that are convenient to me. And I just think, you know, being an entrepreneur is you know, the most thrilling experience of all of them. And obviously it took a while and lots of experience to get there, but it has been great. 
Oh, I love hearing your story. It's cool to see how you've come from, you know, the start when you're working in tech, that first recruiting job to now running your own business and really doing the work that is most aligned with what you enjoy. I'd love to see where can people find you? So if someone wants to know, you know, where to see your work, or maybe they want to work with you they're in Texas, where can they find you? Yes. So I have a website. It's www.craddockpr.com. And that's Craddock, C-R-A-D as in dog, D as in dog, I-C-K-P-R.com, craddockpr.com. And on Instagram, I'm at Laura Craddock PR. And again, Craddock is C-R-A-D-D-I-C-K-P-R. So yes, I hope y'all look me up and DM me or email me that way. And yes, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. And I will also link your info in the episode description so people can easily go find you if they have questions or want to connect. Thanks for coming on the podcast and hope everyone has a good day. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks for listening to the Career Creator Podcast. If you want to sign up for our email newsletter or keep in touch, please visit our website, www.thecareercreatorpodcast.com, also linked in the show notes. Appreciate you joining us. And always remember, your next move doesn't have to be your last move. Thank you.